What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, on today's show, I have a man that I look up to immensely, and I feel incredibly honored to be having as a guest on my podcast. He is a strategic play consultant. He helps companies and professionals level up their skills and become the best versions of themselves through fun and entertainment. Oh, and he also does improv comedy on the side as well. You guys, I'd like to give a warm welcome to Gary Ware. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, do you do you want to tell everyone how we met originally? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was at Creative Mornings. I was giving my talk on how play and games can change the world. And you, you stood up. It was during the Q and A. You stood up and you were asking questions. Like, and I loved specifically that you were challenging, like about the whole thing about like, does this really work? Like, you know, games and stuff like that. You know, what should I do? You were, I believe you were asking about you and your boyfriend at the time, right? Me? It wasn't, I'm I think you were asking remember. like some stuff about that. Nonetheless, I love that you were brave and you were asking specific questions. And yeah, since then, um, you know, yeah, we, we've been buds. Yep. Yep. So we met in San Diego. And for those of you who don't know, Creative Mornings is, um, I guess a, a get together that happens in every major city, I think in the United States. And it's the last Friday of every month and every chapter focuses on a specific topic that month. And so everyone comes together. So if you're listening right now and you're looking to get involved in your community, this is a free workshop or a free event that happens every single month. And there's really awesome people there. And that is how Gary and I met. So there it is. Exactly. So you guys, if you want to connect with Gary, just so you know, off the top, you can go find him on Instagram. It's at Gary, G-A-R-Y, last name where, W-A-R-E, pretty simple. Or you can go to his website at breakthroughplay.com. Boom. Okay, Boom. let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> yes, now that we got that out of the way. Now that we got that out of the way, all the logistics, everyone knows where to find you so they can creep on you while they're listening. Perfect. It's always the goal. Um, Gary, will you tell us how you came to be a strategic play consultant? Yeah. So if you were to ask my mom, she would say, I've been doing this my whole life. <laughs> uh, but specifically for me, I didn't go to school for this. This is not something that I got a degree in. My degree is actually in multimedia and web design. I went to the Art Institute in Los Angeles, California, and I just moved up my career being the web developer, then being the director of marketing. And pretty soon I was leading a team. And I, you know, being a mid 20 somethings person that was extremely talented on the technical side. I knew how to do my job very well. And then I guess I was somewhat charismatic. Um, I can work with people so much so that they said, hey, why don't you lead people? I had that sort of imposter syndrome of like, uh, why me? Especially I was one of the youngest directors and the people that were once my peers, 
were now working for me. And I quickly realized I need some help. I need, I, I need to get better at this people skills. I need to get better at these soft skills. I, did, I knew what a great leader was. I had amazing great leaders that have been mentors that have taken me under their wing. And I you know, wanted to learn from them. And I knew what cra- I had crappy bosses as well. And so at advice from a mentor, I took an improv class and that changed everything. And from there, I was just so excited about learning about the, you know, the art of improvisation. For me, it was like recess, you know, like when we were younger and we would go out to play and we would connect deeply. And while we're playing, we're not thinking about to-do lists. We're not thinking about all the things that go, you know, that potentially could go wrong. We're completely present. That was what I got through improv. I brought that to my team as something to do, you know, on Fridays before meetings. And we quickly like that started trusting each other more performance started going up. And and I was very curious about that. And I just started diving into anything and everything related to play. And over time I was known as the play guy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, So for those who are listening that are maybe unsure like they're like I think I've heard of improv but I don't really know what that is how would you describe what is what would be an improv class yeah so I specifically got trained in improv comedy when I do workshops and talks I ask people what do you when you think of improv what do you think of and and so for you listening you know you might have immediately jump to whose line is it anyway you know most people when they think of like improv comedy they think of the show whose line is it anyway uh you know with you know, actor, comedian, Wayne Brady, he's on that. Other people, they may think of music, improv music, jazz, improvisation. Some people may think of, um, you know, the MacGyver, that guy is a show from the late 80s, early 90s. And that guy, it's a 30 minute show. And it seems like every episode, he's like taking a coconut and a pipe and, and dismantling a bomb. He's thinking on his feet. He's making things happen. This conversation, though, yes, we have an outline. We're improvising it. We don't have a script. I don't have my exact words. And so for me in my training, it was essentially what I was doing was exercises and activities that helped people do theatrical improv be able to think on their feet, be able to collaborate better, be able to listen better, be able to be more creative or confident in what they do. And I quickly found that those same skills were skills that people needed in their everyday life. Mm, Yeah. So what's an example of an improv game that you would bring your team at work? Yeah. So this is, you know, thinking about skills that people need leadership, confidence, being able to tell stories. These are some of the skills. And a number of people, especially when they're put on the spot and things don't go as planned, they get flustered, right? Would you agree? Like it's just something. Yes, I have a lot of clients and friends who like social situations, especially they get like really nervous about social situations. Exactly. And they they hope things will go a certain way. And then maybe one thing, boom, goes wrong. It's sends them in a tail spin and they start spazzing out. So a fun game, because I have this belief and we're on the same page with how you do anything is how you do everything. And 
this game in a low stakes scenario helps work that muscle of being able to think in the moment, being able to adjust, be agile, be resilient. And this game is a really fun and easy game to play. And it's called Monkey Wrench. And that's the name I gave it, but it's basically goes like this. Two people get together. One person's the storyteller. The other person is throwing the monkey wrenches. And whoever the storyteller is, you're going to tell a true story. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just something that you've probably told over and over again. And what's going to happen as you're telling that story, the other person who's intently listening and curious is going to start to add random objects into your story. Say you're talking about, you know, that time you were, you know, in Mexico and you were, you know, sitting by the affinity pool and yada, yada, yada. The person may say, um, fire hydrant. You have to take those objects that they say, and you have to incorporate it into your story. And yes, at that point, it's not going to be a true story, but it's getting you to think on your feet. And how can you incorporate fire hydrant into your story and justify the meaning of fire hydrant? And the first time that people play this game, they're a little bit like, uh, uh, you know, and then they have to let go of that belief of like, all right, this was my story. Now I'm making things up. Wow. It's a really fun, really fun story, uh, storytelling game. And then it just allows you to realize, wow, I am creative. Oh, wow. I can take something that I've done and tweak it. And it, on a deeper level, you know, far too many people, the reason why they're not innovative, the reason why they are not as creative as they want, the reason why they're not getting the things that they desire out of life is because they've always done something a certain way. And they think that, well, because I've done it this way, I have to continue to do it this way. And they're not able to allow themselves to flex. And so this game flexes that, allows you to realize like, oh, cool. I was able to just go with the flow. So that's a fun game. It's, it's fun to play in the moment. It, it, so many takeaways um, just from playing that fun game. That's so fascinating. I'm already like, when Frankie gets home tonight, I'm like, going to make him play with me. <laughs> yeah. We love that. And I think that's a good point. It's you get so in the habit of doing this same thing over and over and over again. So even if it's just a story you've told a hundred times of, yeah, your favorite Mexico vacation, we were drinking that margin, you know, that funny thing happened, but you have to now tell it in a new way. You know, that sounds so silly. I'm sure like listening people are like, what the heck? That's so random. It is random. And that's the point. It's supposed to make you think in a completely new way outside the box than you'd ever think usually. And I know after I watched you speak, I went to improv and I had no idea what I was getting into. I just like Googled improv classes in San Diego and I found a class. I also had a friend who was supposed to go with me and they last minute like canceled out. And I was like, oh no, oh no, I had to go to this class by myself. It's gonna be so weird. I don't know what it's gonna be about. Cause I had literally almost no idea what an improv class could even mean. Um, I did end up coercing a friend to going with me. Um, and I was actually putting all of her social media, like someone go with me, which is hilarious now. Cause now I like to go to stuff a little more, but, um, and we did crazy games. We were like, throwing imaginary balls of fire and like catching them, making noises. And like, at first it's so awkward. And you're like, I feel like a freak. I feel like maybe a five-year-old I could play this game with, but I'm playing with a bunch of adults. So it's so weird. But all of a sudden 
somewhere about like for me 20 or 30 minutes in you just let down your ego you let down all the voices that are telling you how weird it is and how like you're a grown-up you shouldn't be making weird noises and playing with imaginary you know fiery balls in the air um and all of a sudden you just have fun and you're just being silly and goofy and um I, I, I loved it it was so cool so anyone listening if you want to do something really outside of your comfort zone and also to get you out of your rut go to an improv class it's so much fun agreed and it's so interesting you talk about how the friend you had a friend who you know bailed on you last minute regardless of their reason that happens so often so often um and again i don't know your friend's situation but having done these workshops having had people pay money for a workshop knowing that you could not get a refund all of a sudden something something happens something comes up people just like freak out and it's that that nervous feeling of like not knowing what to expect and not wanting to look dumb because you know if you have the, maybe you have this belief if you look dumb people are going to make fun of you you know just that sense of control we we you know we hold on to it you know like a security blanket and it's magical what happens when you stretch yourself and i like to use the analogy of a bonfire you know you're used to live in san diego and i'm pretty sure you've been to bonfires and from a distance you know i like to say that's like your comfort zone from a distance all right it's safe you know and as you get close you can feel the warmth and then as you get closer it gets really hot and it's one of those things where your comfort zone i don't want people to live on top of the fire that is dangerous you know that's the panic zone but i want you to get up there for a little bit and then come back and then you'll find that what was once like for you because you've done that you can go to an improv class and it's like all right cool like that's your new normal yeah totally that's that's a good analogy of like it's not getting out of your comfort zone doesn't mean being totally miserable all the time in the fire but it means taking a leap of faith and then that becomes normal and then taking another leap of faith and then that becomes normal yes yeah cool so on a side note have you ever heard anyone tell you that this is not a real job because I could see someone being like a strategic play consultant? How do you do that job? Well, yes, uh, all the time. And, and I, get, I get questions like, all right, what is this? So much so when I go to companies and I'm a solutions provider anyway, you know, my job, play is my tool of solving a lot of challenging, uh, you know, challenges that most companies have you know they they want to figure out how can we get a culture where people feel like they belong how can we help our employees level up their confidence how can we help our employees communicate better how can we you know all these things so i thought like play was the answer there's a lot of research that shows so we are neotenous beings in that as we get older we still retain it's in our genes we retain juvenile uh, properties despite getting older and one of that is the ability to play you know as mammals we play our whole lives and you can research or look up on youtube you know videos of polar bears playing with dogs and polar bears uh, especially in this video that you'll probably find on youtube that polar bear was starving but yet it still made time to play uh, but as adults mm -hmm you know, human adults, we often, you know, think of play as a juvenile experience. That's something that kids do, or it's a waste of time. And so much so that I would 
disguise what I do. And I say, oh, yeah, yeah, this is just a training. You know, it's a team building event. It's a training, you know, that's going to help you with communications, communications training. And then I'll come in and I'll bring the play. And then I'm like, ah, we're, we're playing, <laughs> fooled you. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, yeah, so people, you know, quite often, you know, say, you know, how can that be a real job? Like, you know, play, you know, really? And there's a gentleman, his name is Brian Sutton Smith. He's a, so this person is a researcher and he researches play. Um, and so you, you can only imagine, you know, what he got. Like, I'm just going to research play, the benefits of play. And he said, there's a quote that is widely known by him. And it says, the opposite of play isn't work. The opposite of play is depression. Mm. It's suffering. And as adults, we are, you know, we'll talk about, you know, burnout and stuff like that uh, in a bit. But it's, we're often suffering from play deprivation because we don't think that we can play, you know. Uh, and it comes from the Protestant work ethic of like, you know, you need to be working or not. Like, and I'm all about working hard, but the beauty is when you see work as play, you get into that flow state where it's effortless. Yes, there is a challenge in the beginning, but it gets to the point where there's so much excitement that you're like, I love this. Yes, I can do this all day, every day, always. And that in and of itself is, is play. Mm, yeah. Dang. This is so cool. I, I'm like, I'm just so excited already for everyone who's listening. I'm like, gosh, go play everyone. I created an entire mindset module. I created a whole mi mindset module on play after hearing you speak. Yes. I, and I have my clients write out, um, like their favorite thing that they did as a child and what they imagined. And then I asked them how they can do that this week. And I have them set a smart goal because I love smart goals. And I say, go do that thing that you used to do as a kid. So if it was like, I've had so many different funny answers, you know, I've some, had some clients who are like, I used to just get on a bike and like, I used to ride around my neighborhood without a care in the world. I'm like, okay, leave your phone at home and get on a bike and just going bike ride, you know, as an adult um, and doing just similar things is what they did as a child that brought them so much joy and my clients love it. So I can tell you, Gary, that you are impacting more people than you know. Uh, thank you. It, it's like the ripple effect, right? You know, I, like when you throw a stone into a lake, that stone makes an initial ripple, which makes initial, another ripple, which makes another ripple. You know, I came to Creative Mornings um, I, you know, shared my story, you know, that ripple was to you, you were excited, you dove deeper, you, you know, shared it with some other people and impacted it. And it's, it's like one of those things. So yeah, that, that just touches my heart. Um, thank you. Thank you. You're for welcome. That. You're very welcome. So can you explain to listeners how you took a passion like this and then turned it into a life-changing paying career? Yeah. And I was at an event it was called the core strength experience. It was with their mentor of mine. His name is uh, Michael Burnoff. And I went to that conference as a, it, my intention on going to that conference was to, you know, make more money, you know, all, all the normal stuff when you go to a business communication conference. And what I didn't realize is that I needed to work on being more congruent. I needed to work on communication. I needed to work on all of these other skills. And on the last day, so I was at the point, at this point, I was running a 
digital marketing, my own digital marketing agency. I was co-founder and we were doing a, a decent amount of revenue per year. Like I, like all those life goals, check, check, check. It's like, Oh, uh, like a quarter of a million dollar business. I'm, I'm running like, all right, great. But I was stressed out. You know, I was experiencing burnout and he challenged everyone. He said, what is something that brings you joy that you would, that you would do regardless if you got paid for it. And then that's where I like had this epiphany about play and, and more people need to play. And my intention was, all right, yeah, I'm going to start doing this thing called recess, you know, for adults. And it was like a meetup group and, and I will do it for free, you know, minimal amount. Uh, just one to see if I, if I'd like it, you know, if it was something I would want to do. Um, and I remember my very first, so I left that conference of feeling like energized. I was like, yeah, my wife was there. I'm glad she was there because when I tell people, so the rule number one after going to core strength is you're not supposed to talk to normal people for at least a good two weeks because they're going to think you're on drugs. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be like, what? It's like you went to the, the Rachel Hollis event, right? Rise? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know that feeling, right? You come back from that, you're like, you're pumped up. You're like ready to jump into everything. Literally nothing will stop me right now. Right? On fire. On fire. And so like, when you, sometimes when you talk to normal people, it's not that, um, you know, they want to stop you from doing what you're doing. It's just that they weren't there. So they're on a different wavelength. And they just, it's different. It's jarring for them. And so nonetheless, I went and I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do this. I'm, I set a date, you know, I set a smart goal. I was scared, you know, to like put myself out there and say, yeah, I'm doing this, but I did it. And 20 people showed up, 20 people showed up to this, um, to this meetup event. And then I did another event for the San Diego ad club and I had another 20 people. So I had it in a professional environment. I had it in the personal environment and I led these, these workshops. And for two plus hours, like we played, I brought some of my best uh, improv games plus mixed with mindset and some personal development. And it was awesome. And it's interesting. So the story that is so impactful for doing that is that there was a good friend of mine. She almost didn't go because she had deadlines and, you know, a lot of adulting stuff that she had to do. And so she called me and she's like, Gary, I have just so much stuff I have to do. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I said, um, Lisa, do you trust me? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I trust you. I'm like, do me a favor come to the event. It's not that far from your office. You can walk there. It's already, it's going to be after six anyway. Like there's a lot of science that shows that if you work continuously over um, like six to eight hours without proper breaks, you're going to be less efficient than you were prior. You're going to make more mistakes. So I said, look, just come to the event, go home, get a good night's rest, and then go into work early. You know, just do it for me. She's like, all right, cool. She did it had an amazing experience. She went home, got, um, got a good night's rest. She went to work early and check this out. She was expecting to work an all nighter. She got most of the work that she needed to get done before lunch Dang. because she prioritized play. Hmm. Now, again, most people like might think, Oh, you know, play is juvenile play is something that kids do. Your brain's a muscle and, you know, being someone that is, um, you know, into fitness and have a lot of knowledge in fitness, you would agree. Like after you work a muscle, you need to rest it, right? Oh, hundred percent. Rest days are crucial. 
exactly. But we don't rest our brain muscle. We, <laughs> we work it, work it, work it because we think that that is what we need to do. Matter of fact, people consider it a badge of honor how much they work. But the science shows that when you allow yourself to have that break, that break, you're going to be that much more productive. And so play is that natural thing, you know, that helps. And so um, after doing that, again, I was still working at a full-time, um, you know, I had a full-time business, but I was just doing this as a side hustle. It brought me joy. It was something that I really look forward to. No intention on ever doing this as a full-time gig. But it was something that I knew adult needed. It was like my give back, you know, to the community. I was taking all the things that I was learning and putting it into my team because I had the aspirations of being, you know, running a company that was different than most other agencies. That was my intention. And then uh, it's been almost two years since it happened. Uh, I got back from leading a retreat in Nicaragua and my business partner, I get back on that Monday and then he basically said, hey, I want to break up with you. I was it like, this is like, you know, like a love story, you know, you know, whatever sort of situation where like looking back, I'm like, you can see all the like, all right, yep, yep, yep. I can see how this, you know, Red it flag. is what it is, <laughs> you know, uh, is what it is. But nonetheless, in that moment, there's, you know, we have these crossroad moments we're looking back, you can like see like, oh, this is where I had a choice. And in that moment, I had a choice. Do I go and get another full-time job or do I double down on this silly play business? And I decided to double down. And that is when like me committing and saying, all right, I'm in. Um, that is when things started to show up. I kid you not, a month later, I had that creative mornings. They, the people of Creative Mornings, they know the topics in advance for a whole year. They usually have speakers booked in advance. Magically, there was no speaker for April on the topic of game. Crazy. No speaker. And when I got an introduction, so a friend of mine who had spoke at Creative Mornings in Oakland, he saw like April 1st, he saw the topic and he like immediately sent me a text message. He said, Gary... The topic is game. This is you. You need to find someone who's been a speaker or something and get recommended. And so I immediately texted a few people that I knew that spoke at Creative Mornings. And then they had said, wow, Gary, that's, you're like the perfect person. Let's do it. And so like I say all that, not to toot my own horn, just to say that I had been putting in the work. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, just quit your job and doing that. Like, I do not recommend that to anybody. I recommend, you know, if it's something that you have to grow into, you have to be willing to do it even when it's challenging. How can you do an experiment? How can you quote unquote play with it to see, is this something that you even like doing? Mm. And um, yeah, it's going to be two years since I quit that job in March. But the interesting thing is I've been working on this. I've been doing this for almost six going on seven years prior to quitting mm -hmm. like in some way shape or form so i've been putting the foundation for mm -hmm. this for a long time yeah dang okay my wheels are turning so you your partner broke up with you you were at a crossroads like okay do i want to go 
to, you know, and I'm sure that it might have sounded safer to like go get a job, you know, the, the scarier choice I'm sure was to go all in on this play thing, as you call it. Um, but you, I think it, you know, it probably comes down to your why. You, you had a very strong why. Mm -hmm. And I love talking about the why on this podcast. Like, what is it? Why do you do the things that you do? And being intentional, you've used that word a few times. My intent was this, my intent was this. So it's going through life with intentional acts and intentional thought process of like, why am I here? Hi friends. I wanted to tell you about this new thing I just launched. It's called the Confidence Workshop. The Confidence Workshop is a women's only leadership training for the ladies of corporate America. And you guys, it's honestly going to revolutionize the workplace. What is the purpose of this workshop? You may be scratching your head, pondering deeply to yourself. <laughs> the Confidence Workshop is created to harness a unified company vision, build authentic relationships within the workplace, and give practical tools to support women in showing up powerfully every single day. Hand clap emojis. So, if you know of a company or event that would be perfect for this workshop, please head on over to our website, JanelleLanae.com, and submit your request today. Thanks, and I can't wait to hear from you. So what was your big why behind why you wanted to help people play more, and why did you have a personal investment in that? So there was two. One at the time, and so this, looking at this, this may seem like not the right thing to do. Because if you look at everything that was going on in that moment, that like for me to go into this almost unproven sort of thing, yes, I had clients, but I had no, I didn't have revenue and stuff lined up. Um, yes, I had been doing some retreats, but like it was, if everything, you look at everything, like that is not what you should be doing. My wife wasn't working. She still isn't working. Um, you know, she, we made a decision, like once our son Garrett was born, she was going to stay home with Garrett. You know, that was her dream, you know, to do that, um, to like, you know, through kindergarten. Um, so she wasn't working. Um, we, and the interesting thing is two hours after that call, our landlord called and said he needed to sell our house. Oh my gosh. Wait, two hours after the call with your partner? Yeah. Well, after the meeting, I'm on my way back home. I from, get a call from, from our break, landlord. From the breakup with your yeah. partner. And then you're heading home. Oh my gosh. And my landlord says, Hey, I I'm going to have to sell uh, the house that you've been renting. Oh my gosh. Um, so then you guys, so then you're like, where do we live? I don't have a job. I'm uh, yeah. Unemployed. No, you know, I guess I've been I, like, I do freelance and stuff like that, but like what landlord is going to be like, um, what? And so I feel like, all these things were put in place so that I can succeed. My wife was like, I, you should do it. You should totally do it. Um, you know, this makes you happy. Go. Our parent or my parents um, said, Hey, we have like, come live here. Like come live with us. Like, you know, so I talk about a humbling experience mm -hmm. at uh, was it 38, 37, 38. Yes. I'm living back home with my parents with a one-year-old um, and deciding to 
go all in on this business that is training people how to improve all of the soft skills in life um, using play. <laughs> yeah. Be Again, it's, it sounds silly, but it's, it's one of those things where I always think about what was going through the mind of uh, the CEO of Blockbuster Video. You remember Blockbuster Video, right? Right, yeah. When they were on his very last day, knowing that they had the idea for Netflix, but they didn't do anything with it. Mic drop. And, and what, guy from Blockbuster had the Netflix idea? Blockbuster had the Netflix idea, but they didn't act on it. Like it, like it was in the company. People, they had the idea, they had the capability of being Netflix. But again, it's all of, well, things have always been this way. We're going to continue to do this. And it's interesting. So I'm wearing like this shirt that says average sucks. And I got it from my mentor, Michael Burnoff. And it's all about your average. You should always be upping your average. And it was one of those things where it was a scary moment of, should I do this? And looking back now, I'm like, it makes sense. Like, yeah, of course you should do it. But that was a very scary moment of like, I could totally like this could just be it. And I remember it was like, like the movie of your life. You like, you remember like these flashback moments and the why. So the main way, a few reasons is I didn't want one day to tell my son Garrett, follow your dreams, knowing that I didn't. Mm. Cause I would be a liar. Um, you know, the parents are like, yeah, we want the best for our kids. But like, it, I, I'm like, I couldn't live with myself knowing like, I'm just like sort of giving my son lip service, just be like, yeah, follow your dream, son. In the back of my head, I was like, man, I didn't, I didn't do that. And then I remember uh, another mentor of mine, his name is Peter Shankman. Um, he is an entrepreneur. Um, he's a speaker. And I remember seeing him at an event and he gave me this event before I jumped into um, starting my agency. And it was, it was one of those things where he said, well, if it doesn't work out, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. to get another job. And so I, I, again, doubled down, <laughs> like on that, I'm like, all right, Peter said the worst that can happen. And like, to be honest, I, I was being like, it may seem risky, but it was something that was extremely calculated. You know, I had the support of my wife. She was, she was all in on it. If she had any hesitation, like I would have like said no, because the last thing I want is to be animosity between us because like I'm like no I'm gonna go do this like I like I believe that we should be in alignment and we should have you know tough conversations and you know there's a time and place for everything you know if she if she didn't have my back on this I'm like all right I would have did some other stuff but she had my back um and again I I feel like it was great that my our landlord um you know said hey I need to sell the house and you know in the moment it's like oh we don't have a place to live but it would have really forced my hand to go get another job because to have to like wow. have rent, you know, even though like, yes, I had a, he gave me a severance. It wasn't like, all right, bye, peace out. It only gave us about three months of runway if we would have stayed where we were. So. Yeah. And so then you got free, free rent at your parents, which like wasn't probably embarrassing or humbling at the time, but it allowed you to pursue your dreams and now look where you are. Yes, exactly. And not, you know, still working on it, still, still working on it. But the cool thing is that is like so awesome 
is my big why is that adults need this. You know, there are so many people that are doing their dream jobs, but yet they are essentially killing themselves over it. There are so many stats out there that are showing that people are suffering from mental health issues, from just all kinds of other health issues that could be completely prevented if we reduce stress, you know, if we felt like we belong, like all these other things. And I believe with everything, with my whole being, that play is the antidote. Play, there's so many benefits to play from a psychological level, from like your, um, the chemicals in your body level to like all these things, play is the answer for that. Mm. So I'm like, all right, more people need to be doing this. Here we go. I love that. And one thing I want to focus on that you said is what's the worst thing that could happen? And I know that when I was going to Colorado and I didn't know one, I didn't have a job, I didn't have anything, but I was like, well, the worst thing that could possibly happen, like, and I would go really dramatic. Like I would try to think of the most dramatic worst outcome just in case I'd be like, okay, worst comes to worst. I can't find a job and I literally go broke. So then I have to ask my parents for money for a flight home to Colorado because I'll have to sell my car or I'll like have to live out of my car. Like I would go down the craziest rabbit hole. Like I'd have to sell all my furniture and then I would move home into my parents' basement and, you know, work as a server in Greeley, Colorado. And I'm like, that's the worst that could happen. And I'm like, and that would be, you know, kind of a bummer, but if that's the worst that could happen, I'm going to take this leap of faith. And it was the same with launching my company. It's like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, the same, once again, it's like, well, the worst thing that happen is I go broke put some money on a credit card, get a job, and then pay off the credit card and work a normal job. Like, just do what I was going to do anyway. So, so it ends up relieving actually so much tension when you start thinking like worst case scenarios and you realize the worst case scenarios truly aren't that bad. Yeah. And there's a process. There's a really good book uh, by the Heath brothers. It's called Decisive. And mm-hmm. It was a framework that I follow and I still follow when I need to make uh, challenging choices. And it's W-R-A-P. And it's very simple. You know, if you're, if you're listening and you're trying to decide some things, follow this framework and it will help you get clarity. And sometimes your original choice is the best choice once you follow this. You just needed more things. And W stands for widen your options. More, more often than not, most people are... Sorry, w stands for what? Widen your options. Widen. Okay. Widen. Yeah. yeah. You need more, you need more uh, data points. Most people think yes or no is options. It's whether or not, no, that's essentially the same thing. So widen your options. Um, R is reality check your assumptions for all those options. You know, how likely is that? You know, um, WRA is assess uh, distance before deciding. Give yourself just um, you know, some breaths. Like, t- is that like, t- like time or something like that? Yeah. Take a weekend. <laughs> you know, you, you have your options. You, you think about like, how feasible is this? Now, take some time off. Let your brain sort of percolate on it. A weekend, sleep on it. Yeah. And then the last one, prepare to be wrong. You know, that's worst case scenario. Like, what happens if we don't, we don't do this? And there's a lot of data that, um, for example, the company Zappos, uh, Tony Shea, he's the founder of Zappos. He wrote this amazing book called 
um, Designing for Delight, I believe it's called, but it's all about the culture of Zappos and how they are a service-based company. And as part of their hiring process, they ask, they tell people the worst case scenario of being a, um, being a customer support you know, agent, because people on the outside, they see Zappos as best place to work. People get to de- decorate their cubicles, all these things. And, and it attracts people. But when you tell people what's the worst that can happen, and then it doesn't end up that bad, you end up enjoying it mm. a bit more. Yeah. Because yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't happen. When it doesn't happen. Yeah. So that's the last one, prepare to be wrong. Like what happens, you know, if, if you don't, you know, if it doesn't happen, because far too often, you know, we have a lot of biases and, and some of them are the sunk cost bias. You put all this time and effort in something and you don't want to, um, you know, give up uh, because you're like, oh, I'm almost, I'm almost there. And me and my wife, we had a conversation of, all right, Gary, you have an additional three years, mm-hmm. you know, and these are some things that need to be happening for that, um, you know, for that to, you know, for us to feel like, all right, this is happening. Because after a while, like, you know, if this thing, like when you decided to start your company, you and your wife decided like you kind of gave it like a three-year trial period kind of thing. Yep. And are you certain, at, what year are you at right now? This is only a year and a half. So I have another year and a half. Okay. And we're exceeding, we're exceeding all metrics so far. Cool. So. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's yeah. Great. And it's not, again, it's not all uh, sunshine and rainbows. And it's one of those things that, when I mentor people and I tell like the, the dream job is that if you think about all the people that we look up to, like, let's look at, you know, performers like um, Lizzo or Izzo, Lizzo, Lizzo, I think. Lizzo, yeah. 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 I bet you the thing that she really loves doing, like the ultimate, ultimate thing is probably a small percentage. There's probably a lot of other stuff that she doesn't like to do, but she lives for that small percentage and is being, realistic. For me, I love when I have these moments when I'm mentoring people, when I'm doing these workshops, when I am, you know, having conversations like this. But there's a lot of stuff that I don't really look forward to, but I still got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. For me, that's email. (laughs) Yeah, right. Email, doing, doing contracts, like all of that, like stuff, like it's, you know, and what one thing I admire about you, Janelle, is that you're very transparent about, you know, what it's like, you know, far too often people just see the veneer that we put out on social media and they assume like, Oh, everything's great. No, it's not always the case. Mm. Yeah. There's far too many, especially entrepreneurs that post, you know, themselves in their jet or like their brand new nice car or whatever. I mean, and not that there's anything wrong with those things and, you know, I want a nicer car and I want to ride a jet one day. So like, I'm not saying I don't want those things, but I also think often what people aren't seeing is that those people might also be really far in debt, or even if they are doing really well financially, maybe their relationships are really suffering. And so it's looking at the whole picture and just knowing like gloating about, I think, especially, you know, finances or living this ritzy life isn't always what it's kicked out to be. And there are people who make a lot of money and also have very healthy relationships and a very healthy life. So it's learning to find that balance without having the focus be you and your, you know, Audi Q5 or I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) You know what's up. Yeah. And two people that 
I feel like if you like if you're like listening to the like yeah yeah like down with that like you should definitely follow this gal. Her name is Michelle Poehler. Her um, handle is Hello Fears, and another friend of mine. Her name is Rachel K. Albers. Um, she Rachel K. Albers. She does a. Uh, we like to say she is the one woman SNL um, marketing show. Like so, she does marketing lessons through the lens of stand-up comedy and, and sketches. And so she has a, a character that she created. His name is Brad. And he represents those people that are flaunting, like, here's my jag and here's this, that, and the other. <laughs> and it is hilarious. And it's, it's one of those things, you're absolutely right. Like those that might, you know, who wouldn't want that? Like, I, yeah, we all aspire to that. But what are the other things that really matter? And it's an interesting exercise that I had to do. And if you don't mind, I, I'm happy to share that. But it gets you to drill in. Yeah. So simple. You draw like a Y, a big Y on a sheet of paper. And in the left quadrant, you put, um, so you'll have three things. You have the uh, draw Y in a big circle, and then there should be three quadrants. On the left side, you put um, all of like the things that you like, like the house, the car, this, that, and the other. On the right side, you put all of your knowledge, you know, the, the things you invest in, like your courses, your skills, you know, the fact that you know how to make money, like all that. And then on the top is all the important things like your family, your health, you know, mm. all that stuff. And then someone comes to the door with a gun and they say, hey, you have to give me one of three things. Which one? Most people are like, all right, fine. You can have the house and stuff like that. Great. Then they come back the next day. All right. At gunpoint. You have to give me one of the two. What are you going to give me? And all right, cool. You can have the skills and all these other things. I can, I can learn more stuff. And you're left with like your family, your health and all these other things. But the interesting thing is most entrepreneurs, most people that are like these sort of gung-ho professionals are sacrificing their love life, you know, their relationships, their health for all these other things. But yet when push comes to shove, you're willing to give those other things up. Mm, I love that. That's a really, really cool exercise. I think that I think everyone should do actually is to actually to write that out. Like, what are your you know your knowledge? What is what do you love? That's like relationships wise, and then um, you know what are some things that you want or that you do have that are real things? You know that you that maybe you love having like an iPhone or whatever. But at the end of the day, and, and everyone always says this, like this is such cliche stuff, but yet we're saying it for anyone who's listening, just as a reminder of like relationships matter. And at the end of the day, having loved ones, whether that be family or significant other or sister or friend, having that is so much more fulfilling than simply the money. So mm -hmm. yep, I, I think we got off on a bit of a tangent, but <laughs> guys, thanks for everyone who's, who. We're still here, hang with us. They're like, what about play? So it's some powerful here, shit. Give us Excuse me, this. forgive me. I didn't mean to cuss. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> he just covered his mouth like, oh my gosh, I just cussed on Janelle's podcast. <laughs> um, it is powerful stuff. I agree. Um, will you give us a list of seven things that would be considered play to help people get their idea juices flowing about what they should do after they get done listening to this podcast? Yes. Matter of fact, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give a list of what is considered play. What are the categories? 
And I'm going to send you a PDF that you can give to your listeners for free. Like you don't have to sign up for anything. It's a PDF that they can go through and do this assessment for themselves because you bring up an amazing point about the whole perception of play. Most people, when they think of play, they think of sports. Great. That is competitive play. That is, that is play. Um, another area of play is storytelling. You know, some people, um, if you think about storytelling and reading stories, that is considered play. You know, do you like to tell stories? Do you like to read novels and get lost in books? That's considered play. Uh, another, this is one of my favorite uh, areas of play. And this is um, joking around, you know, uh, uh, the prankster. I, and I talked about this in my creative mornings talk, is that one of my favorite holidays is April Fool's. And even I'm going to be 40 next year and my sisters were like every year around April Fool's, like they're like, wait, like, all right, what is Gary going to do this year? <laughs> what prank is Gary going to do this year? Again, that is one area uh, of play as well. Um, another area of play is more of that uh, kinesthetic um, play like so the movement so this is where yoga comes in this is where um, you know any sort of movement dance is in, dance that. in the kitchen while making dinner yums that is play um, that's pretty favorite mm -hmm. yes you know that is considered play um, another one is directing so like if you are directing some sort of um, you know event maybe it's party planning things like that that is considered uh, play. Explore, someone that likes to travel, someone likes that you like to explore your own neighborhood, like the explore, you like think about exploring and adventure like that, that is for a play. Oh, I'm gonna uh, interrupt really quick and say one thing. Yes. I love, I have this weird thing where I love to walk on a sidewalks or on streets that I've never walked before. And I'll be like, I've never been on the street before. And especially when it's somewhere I know really well, like downtown San Diego, for example, and I'm all of a sudden like on a street that I've never walked on before. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. My feet have never walked where I am right now. And Frankie always thinks it's so funny how pumped I get, but I'm like, I've never, my feet have never been where they are right now. It's so yes. cool. <laughs> yes. And when you're doing that, you're getting dopamine, which is focused. Um, you're getting endorphins. Again, focus. You're getting um, and if you're with Frankie, you're getting oxytocin, uh, which is connection. You're getting serotonin, which is belonging. These are the chemicals in your brain that helps you thrive. Again, it's all play. And uh, there are a few more. Uh, so there is the artist uh, slash creator. That is considered play. If you look at anyone who's like painting or building stuff like that, they are in this autotelic state where time just goes like, like this. Like they're in that flow that is play. And then uh, what else do we have? We have the connector, connecting with other people. That's considered play. And yeah, I think those are all it. So these, I didn't make these up. Uh, these are, uh, it was in this book uh, by Dr. Stuart Brown. It's called Play. And if you look at it on Amazon, there's a big ball, you know, on it. And he says, you know, think about when you were young, you know, how to use to play. And if you need a primer, Think of these categories. Do a, usually one or two of them stand out as something that really gets you excited? How can you do something in those categories? Mm. So that there we go. There, those are that is play. Those are all play, and you can think of any sort of activity, and how can you bring that play personality to that activity? Mm. 
What does that mean, a, your play, play personality? Yeah, so like for you, you're bringing out the explorer personality while walking down your neighborhood. You're being playful in your own neighborhood by bringing out that explorer uh, play personality. Um, you, you know, the kinesthetic uh, personalities like dancing in your kitchen while you're making food. And you're also bringing out the creator play personality as you're cooking. True, true. Oh, I love that. That's cool. Yeah, I know like one really practical one a lot of my clients have done is I'm like, turn off your phone because a lot of times when we're trying to play, we'll end up just getting on our phone and texting people or scrolling on Instagram. So I say, get off your phone, turn on some candles, turn on some Enya. And everyone's like, Enya, like what? I'm like, just work with me here. And these are my two different things. I'm like, either get in a bath and read a book with Ben and Jerry's and your Enya. It's amazing. Yep. And candles, all of the above, they're great. Or color and get out like a, there's a lot of coloring books and you can just get colored pencils in a coloring book. But once again, you got to turn off your phone so that you can really be present for the play and for the relaxation and the music and the lighting. And like, it's, it's a fun escape. I do those all the time just to, I don't know, just, it's like a little me time. It's like a little therapy, yeah. you know. And can I give you like another word instead of saying escape? Yeah. So that is one of the things that the research found that kept people from thriving from play is that if you're using it to escape something, that is going to be your pattern. Mm -hmm. Something bad happens. You need to escape from it. You do that and you never address. So another thing is if your intention is to rejuvenate, there you go. Then you do it, you power up. Now you're capable of dealing with whatever stress came your way. And that subtle difference is, it seems minute. However, the research shows that just by having an intention of rejuvenation is going to be just what you need um, to use what you just did as a power-up compared to keeping you from actually doing it. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I appreciate you actually correcting that because I didn't realize that I even said the word escape, but I could see... Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, never, I'm not trying to escape. I, I love my life, so I'm not actually escaping from anything. I love dealing with conflict head-on. I love conflict resolution, so I don't escape yep. from anything. So I don't know why I worded it like that, but I guess I was thinking of it as like a little vacation in my mind. Yeah. But rejuvenate is a much better word for that. So I appreciate And words that. is power. Words have power. And it's one of those things that most people don't realize. Up until I read that stat, like it was in this amazing book called Super Better by uh, researcher Jane McGonigal. I would say that too. I was like, oh, this is an escape. This is an escape. Because when you think of escape, you think of like going off on like this luxurious sort of like amazing thing. And that's fine. The main thing is, what are you escaping? What are you running from? Dang. Okay. Mic drop on that too. Second mic drop of the night. Boom. Ooh. But words do have power. power. And I, I always tell clients certain words I'm like don't say just in front of things you know I was just wondering because if you use the word just a lot it's diminishing yourself to make yourself seem smaller um so I that I love that I I love that I just got schooled yes coaching now listen to Janelle she knows exactly what she's talking about she she's on this <laughs> right back at you okay cool so in finishing up um I want you to give people a smart action step after listening to this podcast, what would you want each person to do after they get done here in a minute? Cool. This is what we're going to do. Janelle's going to give you a PDF 
is going to give these play personalities. I want you to just take a moment, think about what resonates with you. What, when you read it, like you get excited. Pick one thing that you can do for five minutes. Set a timer, do it for five minutes. Before you do it, think about how you feel before, do it, how do you feel after. That's it. It is what we like to call in science, the competent confidence loop. Mm. You do something, you either survive or succeed, but you're going to learn something. And that is the best way to start to get into the habit of living a playful life. That's cool. You're going to want to do it more. Yeah, exactly. You'll be addicted for sure. You're going to be addicted. <laughs> and I would rather you be addicted to that because it's going to give you all the things that you need to thrive. Yes. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and link that PDF below um, so you guys can click it. You'll be able to click Gary's Instagram link, his website, and then you'll also be able to find the PDF. You'll just click that PDF and right when you get, right when you get done, like right now, really, right now, click the PDF, go look at it, choose one thing, five minutes, and just freaking do it. Do it. And then, yeah, tweet at me, Instagram me, like message me, like let me know what you did, how, you know, um, how it felt. This is your challenge. This is going to like level you up so much. We challenge you to be the kind of person that takes action after a podcast instead of just listening and then deciding to do nothing with it. Right. Love right. it. Gary, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, where do you want people to find you? And what are, what, are some, what are any other things you want people to know about connecting with you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Find me on the socials, message me. I will give you my email. It's Gary at breakthroughplay.com. Literally, if you have any questions about this, this is my life's work is to get more people to use play as a medium to level up their life. If you need inspiration for like, what, what can I do? Um, you know, what can I do to, um, you know, like Janelle, she asked me all the time, like, hey, me and Frankie, we want to do this. All right, cool, do this. Like, if you have questions, like message me. I'm more than happy to do that. Earlier, I talked about improvisation and how I took an improv class and it was a game changer for me. If you're curious about improv and maybe you don't have uh, time to take an improv class, I want to just give you the, the cliff notes at my website. Um, if you go to breakthroughplay.com slash e or slash free dash ebook, there mm -hmm. is, you can just give me your email address. I will give you how you can level up your life using the principles of improvisation. I outlined what those principles are and what you can do right now as a game to, um, to step into that. So that's my gift to you. And can you yeah. see the link one more time? Yeah. Breakthroughplay.com slash free dash ebook. I'll make sure Janelle has it so she can link to it in the show notes as well. Yes. All the links, all the so links. Cool. All right, you guys, Go do something playful, go play, and feel the energy and the happiness and the excitement of life hit you hard as you begin playing. Thanks, Gary. No, thank you.